Most people would consider this illegal. 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 What's going on? <laughs> What's up? <laughs> this is Big. This is May. Welcome to another episode of The Abstract Originals. The Abstract Originals, where you come here two professional black men reply back to life. One's from the hood, that's me, Northside. Uh, and the other one, <laughs> not so much. <laughs> nice shout out to your hood. Yeah. SoundCloud.com slash The Abstract Originals with dashes. iTunes at The Abstract Originals. Email us at The Abstract Originals at gmail.com. You can find us on Twitter. You can find me at Biggerda, B-I-G-G-E-R-D-A. And I'm at Nubian Beach Bum. That's Nubian Beach B-U-M. And the podcast Twitter is underscore A-B Originals. Excuse me, I'm over here burping and shit off these damn birds. First time we, we got a Corona set, in the studio. I'm fucking with a Heineken and... Um, it's pretty decent. I'm not a beer drinker. That's not my forte. Usually only when I'm socializing with my European friends do I partake. Sometimes on a late night. Back in the day, we used to drink Miller High Life and 32-ounce cans. Well, see, I've never been a beer drinker. So when I went to the gas station to get alcoholic beverages, those usually consisted of Four Locos, you drank Four Locos? I love Four Locos. I used you to. You gotta be shitting me. And you know, you could split it with somebody because back then they used to put the caffeine in there. Did you drink uh, them 211s too? No, I didn't do 211s. Four Locos, they had commercials and shit, so they seemed cooler. We used to okay. drink them and we could split one with another person. Because if you drank the whole thing by yourself, you were probably going to be blackout drunk. I mean, I'm not dogging you. I, I just said I drank malt fucking liquor. Yeah, Four Loko is something I stirred away from. I drank Mad Dog 2022. I did too when I was real young. I was like teenager first learning how to drink Mad Dog, Night Train. Do you ever do the Night Train with the grape no, pack of Kool-Aid? No. Or is that Thunderbird with the Kool-Aid pack? I know nothing about that. I didn't start drinking until I was in college. I had to start from the bottom when I was, and I wasn't even 21 yet, and everybody else had already had all these drinks before. It don't make sense. But I, I started drinking a little later, so I don't have all the experience with all the, the old wino drinks. That yeah, that's exactly how had. most of us started with See? the wino shit, the cheap shit. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I came from an area where a country club was our cheap shit, but down south, when I traveled down south, Burnett's, was the the cheap brand that everybody got? Burnett's and Taka are the two. I ain't heard of Taka. Taka is the cheapest possible vodka you could possibly have. It is barely over health regulations to drink, and we drank it in college because it's only like five dollars a bottle, and you can use it for like a whole hall of people. So if you have a, a big party, you buy you you know about fifteen dollars a Taka, and everybody good all night. Now everybody gonna be. You know, shitting everywhere in the morning and with, you know, hangovers. Okay. <laughs> but, you know, that that's just what everybody had. Okay. Yeah, we had Country Club, and we used to do some of the same shit, like drink for cheap. Parmesan was our cheap liquor, which I see motherfuckers now drinking this Parmesan peach. I damn near want to throw up every time I see a bottle of Parmesan. That's the I can't, cool thing now, I guess. I can't drink shit. I started drinking. Like, I started drinking Bumpy Face. I can't even think about. What's a Bumpy Face? Bumpy Face is Seagram's Gin with the little Bumpy bottle on it. 
Seagram's Extra Dry Gin. We call it Bumpy Face because the bottle got bumps on it. Sound like a white boy with real bad acne. Uh, it's, <laughs> a, it's a one of them wino drinks, some See. cheap gin. Not cheap vodka, but cheap gin. And I can't even uh. imagine smelling it because I get nauseous. Parmesan, I came up drinking of. Country Club Vodka, which is just cheap vodka, I came up drinking of. Uh, Tangeray was my go-to top shelf drink. <laughs> I, I, I Tangeray is like an auntie drink. I hate. Yeah, I drank it with my my kids, mama, mama, my kids, grandmama. Uh, when I first got my baby mama pregnant, me and her mom used to drink Tangeray <laughs> and play spades and shit at night. Tangeray and Alize. Alize, cause Alize, Alize, hypnotic. <laughs> And this shit called X Rated used to be X Rated came out later before. on. They came later on, but uh, Hypnotic and Alize, Alize, yeah, that's what we used to drink. My mama had too. a bottle of Alize in her closet for like three years. <laughs> I don't even know. Hey, <laughs> I don't even know if she ever even drank it. Oh, yeah, she used to take sips of their Alize here and there. Just <laughs> well, she have a real hard day. Uh, that's put a little dab, but they always just See. like, yeah, I'm gonna stretch this all out. <laughs> So you might as well just share that with yeah, the family. Nah, Alize. Yeah, nah, I ain't heard about. Hey, we used to know a girl named Alize. They used to go to school with us. That was too funny. She was. Uh, Did she spell it like like with the Z E? Yeah, end? with the Z E. Hell yeah, because yeah. I mean that was her nickname. That wasn't her real name. That's what we used to call her. And uh, yeah, we used to get fucked up at school pretty much. See, the white kids where I I went to a county school at one point in time. The white kids used to get drunk where as. Some of the black kids smoke weed. Majority of the white, well, majority of the black kids smoke weed. Majority of the white kids got drunk before they came to mm-hmm. school. So yeah, my white friends, Alize, used to hang with some white girls that was smoking <laughs> cigarettes and shit. Alize. And we didn't smoke cigarettes, but we did drink her in there. But I didn't never like the idea of drinking before school because I thought this shit was stupid. It just it fucked up my whole day if I got drunk in the morning and went to class. That was like the worst shit ever. I attempted once. I barely made it through one period and had to go the fuck to the crib. Like, because you're too young to be drunk. Your body can't even handle that shit. Yeah, especially in yeah. the morning <laughs> and being drunk before motherfucking nine in the morning. You already went through two classes. That shit ain't right. Speaking yeah. of bad names, I had a girl at my high school, and I'm sorry if you are listening or if you or anybody named this is listening. <laughs> but her name was Toshiba, like the electronic company, like the TV. Yeah, yeah. I, I had some. I had some bad ones too. Um, Biango Busuku. Okay, she's African. No, his brother name was James. <laughs> his mother, his mother, like was one of them women that converted later after the first child. Uh, this one, the next see, child. Now, you can't. <laughs> <laughs> now, all your kids got to be in the same theme now. Well, what happened no. when you mature later? Like, <laughs> she's like, fuck it. Uh, uh, I, I knew I had uh, a bone creature. A bone creature? Yeah. Like no. Lu- like Lucretia was more common, but Lucretia bon- I had a lot of Lucretia. Yeah, Lucretia is more common, but Bonecretia. Well, was when my kids went to school, a dude in their class was named Minaj, right? So when the teacher was mm. first talking about this, and we was just keeping casual conversation, and she like ca- his first name, his was first Minaj? name is Minaj, and so <laughs> we had a casual conversation about this, and she was like, "I don't think it's related to that, but." His mother is pretty young, so we had a performance with my kids. You talking about like Nicki Minaj? So my kids had a performance, or like a Menage a Trois. 
my kids had a performance. You know what they do to recorders and dumb shit in elementary. So okay. we all in there. So I see this girl come in, blind her. She hip as a motherfucker. We talking shit, blah, 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 blah. She like, yeah, my uh, son up there. I'm like, oh, who your son? She like, Minaj. I said, oh, okay. <laughs> and uh, now I kind of nudge my baby mama. I'm like, oh, this old girl. This, this is Minaj. I'm like, this old girl. And uh, so we talking to her, trying to pull it up out of her. After everything over, well, actually, it was at the reception when we go get cookies and juice and shit. So we sitting up there, and we just like, I said, that's interesting. You know what I'm saying? What made you name him Minaj, not to be funny? And she was like, shit, exactly what happened. Uh, me and my friend was <laughs> fucking with this nigga after the club. Uh. She was like, her friend actually had a baby by the dude, too. And um, it was something they just didn't want to get no abortion. Dude was a dope dealer. They thought but he was going to do but right. Sweetheart, you know you ain't got to. Name him something fucking <laughs> ignorant where the child got to hold on to your ignorant ass mistake. She did name him Minaj and she admitted that she named it because she had a threesome with her and her best friend. Honey bun. Yeah, I'm going to drink suckle. some of this uh, Heineken <laughs> on that one. <laughs> wow. Okay. Mm. Well, okay, so MLK then, when I was growing up, it was always about service. Meaning like doing community, Like going out and volunteering. Who was making you do this? I didn't say I did it as a child, but I always heard that it was a service. And then when I got wait, to- Wait, wait. I'm, stu- I'm still stuck there. Um, Wall of the King's Day. Sorry. I'm, I'm holding back the humor. Who was doing what? I always heard about it being for service. Now, when I was growing up, I didn't do nothing. I just took the day off. Did you but see once other I got people? To, well, once I got to college, we did service. And I did service every MLK. With your fraternity? Most people on campus did service. Independently? No, the school would organize a big service day, but everybody would participate. On Martin Luther King's Day? Yes. They, you never it? heard about doing community service on Martin Luther Hell King's no. Day? It better be some white motherfuckers doing community service for black people on Martin Luther King's Day. Well, I think it was just doing service for the they made of y'all. humanity. Nobody okay. made us. They asked y'all? They took volunteers. Everybody just volunteers for MLK Day. Do you volunteer on that holiday they call Thanksgiving? No. Okay. So it was an initiative of the school to group together. Of whoever. I don't know if it was the school or if okay. it was a specific organization, but... At my school, the University of South Carolina, in Columbia, South Carolina, uh-huh. we always do community service. For That's a good thing. I'm not knocking it or saying, like, you shouldn't. It's yeah, just, I mean, it sounds very different than how I visualize. What you mean? When I came we up. We have, like, ten different groups. They have buses that shuttle the different groups yeah, to different places. Yeah, when I came up. Martin Luther King Day was a day that niggas want to act a fool in Atlanta, now, I D.C., will say, right, and Miami. They still have Miami. a party every MLK I day. never saw anybody ever sacrifice their time and volunteer. We should have. I'm thinking now, like, in school, that should have been the motto. Like, okay, let's do something good for humanity. But I thought everybody did that. No, they definitely fucked off. Martin Luther King Day... <laughs> I'm sorry if I grew up ignorant, but everybody fucked up. That was the day that people uh. traveled out of town to fuck off, like to have these mini spring flings, spring break type. Demos. Oh, see, not only. Oh, the only thing I heard, I always heard of chicken specials. Like at what? our school, they always serve like macaroni and cheese, chicken. I am high. Green, <laughs> cornbread. 
<laughs> purposefully and sweet tea. Purposefully on MLK Day. Yes. Okay, that's ignorant. They have a whole menu. That's it. Why would they assume that he just ate fucking chicken and macaroni and cheese and shit? Why couldn't he have? Oh, a it's the most house? racist shit in the world. That is some fucking prejudice shit right there. That's but, racist as fuck. I'm not gonna say prejudice. That's racist. No, that's definitely fuck. racist as fuck. That's racist as fuck. Now all they need somebody is a slice funny. of watermelon as dessert. Yeah, somebody being funny as fuck. They probably had watermelon jelly. No, nah, but Martin Luther King Day for me was always like a party kick it town. Everybody always hit me up. Atlanta. I always heard it was, always heard it was a big party. Like big well, parties always happen around this weekend. When I was in middle school is when I really started remember celebrate Martin Luther King Day. And I got family in Georgia, so we used to go to Atlanta and go to Ebenezer Baptist Church and go around Auburn Avenue and go through his old neighborhood and visit uh, Morehouse and make sure that we touch base on the memorial. Then when they built that one up in D.C., I went up there a year after that, matter of fact. Because when that day comes, I do think of, hey, let me celebrate being a proud African and Americans. Yet, I do know the culture around me is gravitating towards parties, hanging out, linking up with motherfuckers out of town. And that's always been the idea. In high school, Atlanta became, or maybe I became more aware of it, but... Atlanta became a gay hangout for Martin Luther King weekend. Once the memorial opened up in D.C., a lot... Why MLK Day, though? I'm not sure. That's probably white supremacy, too. I'm not sure why (laughs) gay parties were Mm -hmm. so heavily promoted around Martin Luther King weekend, but I do remember in high school, people started not wanting to go to Atlanta and start shooting up north to D.C. And D.C. became a real party spot on Wall of the King weekend, which is also weird. Like, why are we partying in the club? What about MLK? What about Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. makes you want to shake your ass? I think black people get the weekend off and attempt to make fun of the the time. But what about that makes you want to party on on Sunday night or Monday for in memory of Dr. Martin Luther King? That don't even I make don't sense. I don't think people know this is memory now. Mind you, I will admit I have had. You just party for New Year's Eve, fourteen, uh, what, eighteen days ago? Usually, if you're high off drugs, alcohol, and you're kind of <laughs> euphoric about being young and free, you don't give a fuck what the occasion is. You get drunk on St. Patrick's Day and kick it like a motherfucker and be black as hell, you know. So, Martin Luther King was just another day to kick it until I got real grown and I attempted to take my kids on those cultural tours. And so, in my 20s, I was bringing my kids through Atlanta for Martin Luther King weekend. Shit hadn't changed. It kind of got worse. Literally, you come in Atlanta for Martin Luther King weekend, and barely anybody is talking about anything related to civil rights or history. A lot of people are talking about who's in town, who's performing at what club, and what the fuck is going to go on on Saturday and Friday. See, I thought that's why they... Named the MLK Day of Service. Who said who? who? It's I. I swear to you, what it's name like it? the Day of Service. That's why I always thought it was Community Service Day, and that's what it's supposed to be for. Yeah. Um. I think a lot of people missed that memo. I don't know. In in Miami, I'm I'm thinking back by my last couple of years in South Beach for Martin Luther King weekend. You get a crew of black people from Georgia who didn't want to stay in that state and didn't want to go up north, and they usually come south. But beyond a lot of people from Georgia, nothing go on down south in South Florida. 
in that area for Martin Luther King weekend. It actually is a some type of parade, Gumpe, or it's some type of Bohemian parade that happened around that time too. But nothing with Martin Luther King. They used to have Martin Luther King. I'm thinking they used to have a Martin Luther King parade or something. As a matter of fact, Uncle Luke or Luther Campbell. You know what I'm talking about? Two Light Crew. Shake with your mama, gay up. Pop that pussy. Hey, I want to rock. I want to. Okay. Oh, MLK definitely was here for that. But no, I will give Luke he de- this. He, he definitely enjoys he all or- of that. Luke, in but <laughs> Luke <laughs> organizes a lot of the parades and things for Africans and Americans. Again, South Florida is a different, is on different place. A lot of Bohemians, Antiguans, Jamaicans, Cubans, whole bunch of everybody. Not a lot of Africans from the Americas, not a lot of African-Americans. So mm-hmm. that community really needs to tribute Uncle Luke a little bit more because he's been holding it down for black Americans in that area and making sure that we I'm get sure. parades and representation. But no, the Martin Luther King Parade, I think is really respectable. I think that's when the high school kids come downtown through Brickell in Miami. I'm not sure. I've never went to one in Miami and I stayed there for a couple of years, but I'm almost sure that I heard about somebody talking about some shit like that. I'm calling this shit. But apparently, okay, take a sip of this Heineken. <laughs> Looking on the internet today, I saw some sick shit. Sick as in disgusting? It's disgusting to me. Okay. So apparently over in China, they are creating some new sex toys. But. Uh, I think I know where you're going with this. You heard about it? I was just recently on Twitter and saw some shit like this. Do you know what they are? Well, if you're talking about the, the, the young sex dolls. Yes, of yeah. teenage or of like children. Yes, they have sex lifelike sex dolls of children, hoping that child molesters will. Well, no, somebody's saying they're hoping that child molesters will use those instead of real children. I think what I saw the founder who started this is saying that he had a problem about acting. Or having sexual perversions about children, so he did this stuff to prevent himself from doing things what to real fuck? human beings. I have several things with this. My first thing is that they've been doing it for over ten years. This company has been going on for ten years. Oh yeah. So why is it just not hitting news? I don't think it's just now hitting news. I think we're uh, just we are just now hearing about it. No, trying to be having all kinds of technology that we don't hear about for like. Yeah, but I remember an episode on real sex, like 27 or some dumb shit. And they had something about real life sex partners and they were customizing them by who wanted what. Like and they could, wanted the robots to have like real life expressions and yeah. shit like that. But they weren't doing little kids. We don't know that because I remember them saying that, that you could pre-order whoever you wanted. You can make, you can customize and design. So why wouldn't a pervert think of the type of person that likes to have sex with children? In my head, before I think of Subway, I think of To Catch a Predator. I think of all them assholes on the To Catch a Predator, right? Those individuals, not only are they sneaky, they are the type of introverts that would save their money and purchase items like this thinking that this was keeping them from committing crime it's not it is not because what happens when they bored or they're unentertained or the the doll becomes no longer suffice to to feed their fetish and what happens if like your mama come in 
into your house or something visiting and she mess around open the closet and see this little girl doll in your <laughs> in your closet. That's some sick I, shit. I believe <laughs> I'm not I I have seen child molesters. When I was a child, I was molested by an older person. Not only that, that older person's parent was witnessing what was going on. So I believe that when you are a child molester or someone is molesting children, that the parent is very aware. I do believe that. I believe parents are aware when their kids are child molesters. I think that parents... You, you, say, you say that parents are aware when their children are child molesters? Hell fucking yeah. That is a, a freak, perverse act of nature to take someone's innocence. Are there that many children child molesters? Are you asking me on my own opinion or I'm talking about statistics? Statistically, yes. Oh, I mean, I just never, I had never come into contact with many people growing up that were molesting each other that I heard about. Or, well, see, I grew, and I don't hear about kids molesting each other now. Oh, that's because you have to be in the realm of of children who are okay with letting you know what's going on. When I was younger, because I was molested. I was able to have conversation with other children who were molested, right? Mm -hmm. So we would sit and talk about how it happened and what the fuck happened or whatnot. And I will say that's not a conversation you keep with anybody. Not everybody knows that about me. This is the first time me telling you this. Mm -hmm. It's not something you casually have a conversation about. It's something that comes along when you're talking about child molestation. And usually when I talk about it, it's because somebody tells me that they were molested. And I use my testimony to help them cope and process some things that happened to them. How do you process that kind of thing as a child, though? As a child... I was a little different, so I believe that my train of thought is not the norm. And I say that because as I went on about expressing what happened and how I dealt with it, I saw other children my age didn't handle it the same. Who did? Who was the first person that you told about that? I mean, did, did first you tell person, your mom? No, 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 no. First person I told was a friend, a close friend, and it was years later it was years later because that person popped back up in my life and my close friend was around me and they saw me acting real fucked up and they was like what the fuck is going on and i told them what mm. happened yeah because i'm thinking about it because i had little sisters and if anything like that happened to them i don't know what kind of space i would have to create in order for them to feel comfortable with Letting me know if it, it would just have to be a personal decision on them. Or well, I would say this: if someone close to you is molested, you would be the last person to know. Most of the time, it's the people that are distant that know first, or it's the people that have observed some abnormality in your behavior and have questioned you. But I don't think children, at least. I didn't see as a child other kids just running up telling me shit like that. And I didn't see them telling adults. Mm -hmm. But we did share those conversations. And it usually came after I started like smoking weed, after we would drink, after we just sitting around shooting the shits or having deep conversation and thought. Those are usually when those stories are exposed. And you would be surprised how much incest is involved. My case didn't involve incest, but... I have friends and associates who have older siblings who force them to do sexual acts on them. More than one and two and three and four. See, that's... I don't know. 
That's that's a little crazy to me. What do you do? What do you do once you grow up? What do you do once you grow up and that older sibling is in your life? Is around, hanging around. And nobody else knows. Nobody else knows. Oh, no. What happens when the other siblings know? Mm, I don't know. It's a power struggle there. My question was for my partner, what made your peoples even get there? Get where? To the idea, concept, thought pattern, behavior. Excuse me as I handle this fucking uh, Heineken. I had Hennessy early, too. But what makes you go there and say... My sibling, I want to sexually do something to them. Or have them sexually do something to me. What makes you get there mentally? To me, it's always a predator. It's somebody that has shown you that behavior or did something to you out of the box that made you even go there. That's not a logic thought pattern as a child. I remember how violated I felt. But aren't predators usually, something usually happens to them to make them feel that kind of way too. That's what they say. And that's what I believe, but I don't find that as an excuse. I just find that as a source of the demon. And I don't want to spiritualize like, oh, this demon, like this is outside of people. Oh, people are acting outside of themselves. No, people, predators, people especially who prey on children, they are the most dangerous type of devious individual. Oh, definitely. Those are the individuals that are so cunning, so scrupulous, so perverse that they get their shit off time and time again without even being questioned. That's what type of nasty motherfucker fucks with children. And just think what type of mindset that takes for you to take someone's innocent, someone who doesn't even, hasn't even touched themselves. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Hasn't even explored their own fucking body for you to violate them and explore their body or make them explore yours is beyond immoral. That takes a certain psychology, a certain thought pattern has to formulate. And I believe you have to be shown that because as a child, I don't think I saw children creatively thinking like that. I saw predators, adults, people who have been traumatized traumatizing younger people like that that's why i've always been a champion for fighting for friends and kids and the underdog and the fat boy and the the depressed girl and the the handicapped looking person because i understand child development being a child who developed through certain situations alone I know how I can fuck with you. I know how I can make you eat more. I know how I can make you eat less. I know how I can not make you sleep at night. I know how I can make you pull your hair out. I know how I can make you weird as fuck. I know how I can make you just keep to yourself. I I understand that psyche because not only did I have some of that adversity coming up, I also had made contact with other children who were dealing with symptoms and issues of trauma and child abuse and I helped them cope. So I believe everything has its purpose. And I know I helped other children because they were telling me things they hadn't told anybody. They were dealing with thoughts and problems that they not had exposed even to their best friend. And I was able to identify some things, especially suicide at a young age. By the time I got 14, I could tell you suicidal. And I wouldn't confront you with hey this is what you're doing i will watch you until i saw your your pattern and then i would embrace you so you knew another perspective to look at what you were dealing with nigga in middle school i was playing 
What, sixth grade? I was doing Pokemon cards. I was trading juices for milks and vice versa. You know, stuff like that. What are you doing? Well, Why? in sixth and seventh grade, I was around girls who were having babies by 16-year-old boys, and they were 11 and 12. I was around kids who were selling drugs and hanging out because their brothers and sisters were in their teenagers, and that's how we made money. I was around a group of individuals who were more interested in fucking than they were into spelling. So it was a different environment. And I went to county school. I was raised in the hood, but it didn't matter where I was. The black students that were around me were not the norm. They were not the people I saw on TV, on the movies. The only movie I can say I ever kind of related to as far as school was Lean on Me. That that kind of that's, that's your school of choice. No, not my school of choice. But those are the that's that's the type the school you related to. Yeah, that's the type of environment, what type of students. When I think of schooling, I went to a county school for. You in the gifted and talented? You in the magnet? Actually, I came into magnet school my freshman year. Then I got put out of magnet schools, and then I went back to public schools. But I was through elementary. In middle school, I was in a REACH program, which is like AP of elementary and middle school. Wait, hold on. Because <clears throat> I have some beef with that because they put me in that program. Mm-hmm. And they had all white kids in that program. They yeah. put me in that motherfucker. Because I was like. Hey, it was all white kids of mine too. And I'm not going to knock them. Now they, no, now I will say they had two or three black kids. But I was smarter than them. At least I thought so. I was making all that. Why well, wasn't in gifted and talented? We had two. <laughs> we had two other black folks, Brandon Lewis and this girl. Shout, shout out to Brandon Lewis. Your whole name, Jasmine. It's a girl named Jasmine. She was real brown skinned <laughs> girl, but she all had white friends. And people used to all three of us like people used to call me white boy. <clears throat> mm, choked up on that. I know you don't like that, right? All three of <laughs> us. Nobody rejected it. <laughs> all three of us never really meshed together. I was cool with Brandon because we was on a basketball team and we had some common white friends together, but we had no common back black friends and we stayed in different areas. In this reach and gifted program, I was more segregated from the normal student body. It made it hard to mingle or socialize with others not in those classes. They didn't identify with me. They called me nerd, Oreo, sellout, weirdo, whatever the fuck they... Because all the regular black folks got... Regular classes. Right, in the classes together, yeah. Yeah. High school, I tested into a college preparatory magnet school. And high school was pretty fun and cool because we had open campus where we could leave for class periods that we didn't have classes for. So I had a two-hour period that I didn't have a class for. And right after that, I had lunch. I mean, I had four hours I didn't have to be in school. I had to show up. Because y'all could leave freely for lunch. Yes. See, that's some bullshit. Oh, no, that was the best. Nigga, we used to buy J's. We used to be every fucking word. Now, if you want to sneak out of my school, you was going to have to leave strategically, make sure that the campus security didn't see you. You had to make sure you got back before the bell rings because they would lock the gate at certain times so you couldn't get back onto the school grounds. Mm-hmm. They had all kinds. Of, you went to the sure. same school for, I mean, uh, same school all four years. High school. Okay, same yeah. high school. I went to several high schools. 
So yeah. I was at one high school where it was hard to leave. That was Kirkwood. If you left the the main principal, because we had principal for each grade level, the, but the main principal, he like sit on the roof of binoculars and like watch and see who was leaving. See, and shit. Yeah, shit to do. Doing too much, right? <laughs> so you really couldn't leave at Metro. My first my, future traffic cop. <laughs> right, my freshman year, <laughs> my freshman year, it was easy because they let us off campus and we went anywhere and did every fucking thing. My sophomore year was at Kirkwood, not so much, but I didn't have no reason to leave because I was in county school. I lived in the city. I didn't know much about the county. My junior and senior, I went back to public schools, the city schools, and we had alarms on everything. You know, a lot of metal detectors, a lot of alarms, but if you leaned on the alarm for like- So 50, this is leaning on me for real. Like- yeah. In real life. In real life. Okay. We had a smoke room at one point in time. Yes. Real life lean on me. Before Joe Clark cleaned up the school. Yeah. I did I did used to hear like my dad used to say they had like smoke room for teachers and students together. Yeah. Or the, like smoke section like sections where they could go all go out and smoke in yes. the same area. Yeah. With students too. Yeah, but this one wasn't student and teacher. It was just students and then at this time, because the school was so bad, motherfuckers used to sell pre roll blunts and shit. So people be out in this little area smoking. Oh, pre roll blunt. Yeah. This back in the day. When who you rolled tr- it? The person who was selling it. And they put all their spinning shit on it? Yeah. I was buying mine from Ricky Moe. Everybody had their own little dealer. But Ricky Moe was somebody I trusted. I used to, first what we used to do was take his blunts and break them open and then re-roll them. See, yeah. But uh, I started trusting Ricky Moe. And $4? You couldn't beat a $4 blunt. Well, see, now, the act of... Rolling and smoking blunts is already nasty because one person has to sacrifice their mouth to make this blunt stick to the paper. Well, ah, to roll this blunt, they have to put all the spit on the blunt, and then you smoke it, and everybody passes it around. You got this dried up spit on the blunt. That's nasty as fuck. I don't know why, but. I just all of a sudden had the urge to go get a blunt and roll it right and smoke it and face it to myself. But um, and then people got the nerve to say they don't drink after each other, but they'll smoke blunts after each other. You done smoke this nigga's whole saliva registry. Yeah, I don't smoke after everybody because <laughs> again, I started younger, so I had other examples. We used to get niggas, I'm from a hood, so we used to get niggas who been outside all day, digging in their ass, scratching, I mean, filth under their nerves, not not just not just black, brown dirt, I'm talking about Ugh. muck under their nail bed, they smell like piss and shit. Like they've like, been working on the farm or been working under a car all day, but yeah, they haven't though. But they haven't, they <laughs> really just been hanging out and washing shit, and they be like, oh nigga, I'll fire up, no, you good, you good. But sometimes, because we from a hood and real shit do go on, a dirty nigga know they dirty, so they'll tell somebody else roll up. They'd be like, oh, that's respect. Yeah, that's a so lot of dirty motherfuckers and hood motherfuckers, especially dealing with me. We because really appreciate that. I was real particular as a, as a teen, you know, and I had my own things, you know. Me and my kid's mother, we stayed by ourselves. We had our own shit, and we were very, very hygienic. So people didn't bring a lot of filth around me, but my brother... 
per se, his friends were a little dirtier, and he uh. hung out a little different than I did. So his his friends didn't mind coming around him funky or dirty in the same clothes, breath stinking and shit like that. My associates in the hood, they wouldn't dare do that because they know I'm on flame their ass. I'm going to be like, nigga, what the fuck? You talk- what if a nigga with a heart bump try to uh, roll the You get that? You get that? I mean, from the hood, you get all type of shit like that. What... My uh, rules in the neighborhood is it is like the the yellow pus from they hurt up the uh, roll the blunt. I think that's my, real nasty. My toughest situation: what you do when somebody grandmama want to fire up? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's just old saliva. They ain't really. No, nah, I ain't saying tripping out the spit. But do you smoke with somebody grandma, your homeboy granny, or do you say, "Nah, I'm good"? See, at that point. It's about time to go because somebody done done something they ain't got no business doing. The grandma should need to be smoking her friends. Yeah, but what if <laughs> y'all done came in the crib and the granny like, oh, you ain't got no weed? Oh, you got some weed? Fire up. Yeah, it's time to go. What you do? What I mean, what if you do? I've been in this situation too. What What you do if your homeboy? I'm ready to go. What happened if your homeboy mama asked you to fire up? We need to go. If now. she say, hey, you going to fire up before y'all leave, what you going to say? Uh, I'm well. If I'm not driving, I'll do whatever the homeboy is doing. Like if he wants to smoke with his mom, okay, let's do it. I have to, but I'm not trying to smoke with your parents. I'm not trying to do that. I'm, I was I, uh, I was like that too. But my partners didn't. They were like, "Nigga, what are you tripping off of? They smoke." I'm like, "I'm good. We ain't got to smoke together." I'm though. good. Like, Wiz want- his mama, they be smoking. I saw yeah article about that. They've been smoking since he was like in high school, middle school, or something like that. When we was in high school, my homegirl Davia, her granny used to smoke with us. See, her granny had the plug on the fire weed, so we was stuck for uh, a minute. Like, damn. okay, well now she got the plug. Then she, she has the plug, and around. then she was cool with sharing the plug. Okay, one thing I learned as a youngster: old heads plug each other on the weed. Young motherfuckers be skeet as fuck, but old heads used to buying big weed for low prices. So her granny had a plug for a dub, nigga. We was getting like four, five grams. Uh. Okay, that shit was unheard of. So we was fucking with our granny strong, but sometimes because old heads can't hit blunts, they'd be like, "Hey, I, I can't. Re- I don't really want no weed, but just let me hit y'all blunt. Let me smoke with y'all. Let me hit that." Or- and she barely breathing in. You know the little uh, machines that they use for old folks. Nah, man, I smoke <laughs> <laughs> with some OGs. Cause were you supposed to suck it in and the ball supposed man. to go to the top? Nah, I have fucked with some old heads <laughs> who did hit the blunt all wrong and damn near died and shit. <laughs> and they were like, "Man, fuck y'all, young niggas. Fuck y'all, be on some bullshit." But um. <laughs> Some old heads I know will smoke some niggas under the table. Now I'm a smoker, so your lungs don't even work like that no more. Mine don't. Like I, I, I could chief. I could probably smoke a Zimbabwe and not choke. I don't even know what that. A Zimbabwe is. is a weed is a blunt of weed dipped in embalming fluid. I don't smoke now, why dips. Why would you do that? I that, would not ever. But why? I do why not. would anybody do? People that? do that because it makes them feel like Superman. They move super slow and they feel invincible. But embalming fluid ain't something you should be. It sure your is body. not. It sure is not, and it remains on your spine, and you have to get a spinal tap after you take too much of that shit. But in my neighborhood, <laughs> people did that shit. But I don't smoke so long, I rarely hit a blunt where I cough. If I hit your blunt, I'm like, <coughs> nigga, that's some fire. Nigga, that is some pure gasoline, high grade, motherfucking <laughs> petrol, octane, motherfucker. If I choke on your shit, your, your shit right. 
Yo shit right, you hear me? But um and I done smoked in my favorite state. <sighs> Tough. See, I'm tossing up California and Colorado for two reasons. Oh, definitely Colorado. California has so much weed, it's hard for me to judge that state. And I'm not talking about the dispensary. I'm talking about grown, homegrown weed in the back in the motherfucking woods or the mountains. California got some good fucking weed. Some original strands from the 70s and shit. California is booming. Although, Colorado's dispensaries are crushing shit. Like, it make it hard for the average drug dealer to to exist because (laughs) their dispensary system in fucking Colorado has enough variety and enough potency to get you there. So you don't even need the dope man on the corner. And y'all don't want guns, but y'all don't want weed. That don't even make sense. Man. Weed don't even make people do crazy stuff. Man. Well. You, you literally just hungry. I will say this. Those few people who decide that because they're on state stipulations or they fear dropping dirty for a, a, a work test. And you half-ass thinking motherfuckers smoke synthetic weed. Please, I will let you know from my understanding, synthetic weed will fuck you the fuck up. It will fuck you up so much. <laughs> you ain't, you don't even know what you're smoking. It says potpourri, but you have no idea what they have decided to label as potpourri. And you are smoking this shit. This shit, these chemicals not only are going through your lungs, this shit is hitting your fucking brain. Some of my brothers are just talking about this. I can't people be really be smoking potpourri like the the fragrance. Weed too fucking good for you to even want to smoke some fake weed. I would smoke some Babbage weed before I think about going buying a bag of K two. So is that why people do the synthetic weed so that they, it won't come up on drugs? Yes, most ninety percent oh, of them, uh, a very small percent of them people enjoy. The fake weed. A very small percent I've also, heard. So most people know it ain't shit and they, they shouldn't be doing it. They just no, 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 it no, so no. It's a different type high. Most people who smoke it know that they're not going to get high like weed. It's going to be a weird high. But what they all, I have seen them all do, they don't understand that high until it happens. See, they smoke and they say, oh, nigga, you hit this shit. I ain't no telling. You, I heard that more than once. Why, I, I've always had too much logic. Maybe I don't know what was in me. I don't know if, if I lived another life and something happened to, to me you, that was it tells too simple. You something special about to happen. You need to be. You need to be worried. <laughs> you think so, right? <laughs> Some people like that type of shit. Like, oh, it's gonna make you see shit. Some people are like, all right, let me try that. I'm not like that. Like I, I said, I don't need to know. I don't my, need to know what my mind feels right. like. My past life, chipping. I definitely had to die from some simple shit. And my body <laughs> said, oh, you will not ever uh. die of some simple shit ever again, motherfucker. We uh. will figure shit out. I've just got too much logic in me. Even as a kid, it was too much logic flowing through me. So I know I had to die from some simple shit. My body, uh. my spirit was just like, uh-uh. We just going to think this, this shit out. Again. Yeah. <laughs> we, we you time. went too early because you wasn't thinking. So let's slow down and think. Uh. I just had too much logic for some dumb shit. Somebody tell me I'm going to smoke something and see shit, and I say, cool. No. That's not cool, nigga. That's not cool. Why do you want to see shit? What in your psyche tells you we may experience this, see some shit, and be okay? No. Something (laughs) says I may see some shit and not be okay. (laughs) Now, I will say when I first started smoking weed, I had experiences where I thought I saw shit that I didn't. And when I like my second time smoking, 
we had some uh, some you know little trash bags, the grocery store bags. Uh-huh. We had some of them in the corner, and the the fan was blowing real hard, so it was kind of shaking. I thought it was a dog. Like I literally looked at it and walked <laughs> back upstairs because I can't do it. I'm not fucking with no dogs and no animals sober, so I'm definitely not doing it while I'm high. So I just walked back upstairs. Everybody's like, "What you walk up back upstairs for?" I was like, "You don't see that dog shaking in the corner." Yeah. See now, that's what happens when you first start smoking. At least what that's what happened to me. I, I will give you that. I personally, like one of my friends, when she first started smoking, she took she took a tote and her spine went out. <laughs> Temporarily. Like her spine, like she couldn't use her spine anymore for the night. Temporarily. Yeah, temporarily. Okay, that's what I said. I mean, she didn't wake up paralyzed. but Now, she, some people mentally put themselves in a state no, of... No, shit, shit be going on. Well, your I... Your mind ain't used to all this. I happen to believe it's your, it's your mind that play tricks on you and you will mentally get somewhere. I was with a girl who died. What the fuck? I mean, I didn't have no e. I didn't have no EK. What's it called? EKJ, EKG machine. I didn't have no way to test it. EKG machine. But she literally passed the fuck out. Hit her head on the floor. We picked up, put on the bed. She jumped up and said, "Oh, I just saw my uncle." And the we fuck? and we looked at her because we didn't know well, she's from Bolivia, so we didn't really know what was up. But we like, what are you talking about? She's like, my uncle died. I just saw him. Now me Bitch, and my die just now? me and my homeboy listen. Why up, would you die? We busted out a laugh because it was so, <laughs> so fucking funny. Because we just said, "Ah, oh, okay, she didn't smoke weed a lot." So we said, oh, "Okay, so this bitch got high. She thought she died. <laughs> she hit her head. She thought she died. She thought she woke up." And we laughing. No, she might have died. For she real. serious? Yes, yeah, <laughs> to this day, she's serious. She is still on that. Like, no, nigga, I died. I saw my uncle. We had a conversation. I came back to life. She's serious. We looking at like, bitch, you high as fuck. You were high. You hit your <laughs> head. You think you died. But Did you... she keep smoking after that? With us? Yeah. It took See, a... now, you dumb. Wait, wait, wait. You done died, the and second... now you want to come back and smoke some more? The that second, don't make sense. The second time she set herself on fire, she doused herself with rubbing alcohol. See, locked herself in the bathroom and set herself on fire. See, y'all was doing some, y'all was doing that potpourri shit. Nah, nah, good. <laughs> <laughs> nah, for real. Look, I'm she a, see dead family members set herself on on fire. We was on the that run. Don't make sense. We was on the run. We was in D.C. We met Sylvia. Oh, um, we met Sylvia. Back in the day, they used to have Yahoo chat rooms and JC shit. And they used to have uh, Yahoo chat rooms and shit, right? So we used to go on this foreign, foreign for black or some little shit. And either way, we met Sylvia. She foreign for black. She came from <laughs> she came from Bolivia Ugh. or whatnot, and she came to America with her uncle. A lot of background with that. Speaking of child molestation, she came. I'm on. I'm Sylvia. I'm not gonna give your last name, but I'm gonna put out your story. So Sylvia came. Shout from Bolivia when she was in Bolivia her mother was an alcoholic her mother separated from her father at a young age her mother had other kids she had other sisters all girls her mother remarried the second man was eating Sylvia's pussy and sucking her toes at night oh, okay. before she was eight or nine years old wow she was telling her mother her mother didn't believe her her mother was an alcoholic with this man her mother put her out on the streets of Bolivia she got picked up by an older woman who made her clean up in order to eat 
she started cleaning up for this woman, basically being this woman's slave. This woman got tired of her as she grew older and sent her to an orphanage. She was in an orphanage and found her sisters had been in a similar situation with their biological father. And they all ended up in the orphanage together. The priest at this orphanage, this Catholic priest at this orphanage, was molesting all the girls one by one, taking his turn. They had no one to turn to. She found her uncle, who ended up molesting her too, but he promised her a trip to America to live in Washington, D.C., because he was working as a mason for these wealthy French Parisians who moved there and opened a bed and breakfast. Sylvia did whatever her uncle wanted her to do, and he brought her to America. She got her sisters involved in a high school program where they can pick up college credits while they went to high school. They were stepped right behind each other. She was sending money that she was making in America at this bed and breakfast that she was working at, that her uncle was a mason for this building. She was working for the same French Parisians as a intake clerk what in D.C. We met her when she first made it to D.C. She stayed in Silver Spring, Maryland. She was staying with How the, are kids going through this kind of shit starting out at like eight or nine years old? Yeah. I don't understand it. Yeah. And I every, imagine. Every man that came in her life molested her. Every man, even a Catholic priest, every man that came in her life fucked with her. So she had problems. And she was learning how to speak good English. So she took a real good liking to the homeboy. They start fucking. I didn't care because I was in and out of D.C. At the time, we bumped into her on the Yahoo chat rooms. We were like all through the nation fucking with strippers, all type of hoes. Mostly strippers. We were very entertained by strippers in our team. the foreign to black. Uh, the foreign to black was a <laughs> cat. Foreign to black. Now, when the web, well, I guess you can call it web chat. It was Yahoo <laughs> chat rooms. And yeah, that's how we met Sylvia. And we came up there fucking with her. Then the homeboy didn't start fucking with her. He started flying her back to St. Louis, her and her. Mind you, right? So we go on the run. And when we on the run, that's his first stop. Me, I end up going other places. This is after about a couple months on the run, I figured out it's kind of hard to travel the nation without an ID. So I wanted an ID. Yeah, and I had been, tough. yeah, I've been up to New York before and got fake ID. So I'm like, okay, well, let me go up to New York, get another ID. Who I know up that way. The homeboy was on the run. He was with Sylvia. I knew she was in Maryland. So I came through. I'm like, what's up? They got me. We stayed on the. The opposite side of Adams Morgan, a real nice, almost by the zoo, but closer by Connecticut. I think that is, I can't, Connecticut is something. I can't think which, what letter street that is. But off Connecticut, not as far as the zoo, but kind of closer towards Adams Morgan. Adams Morgan is more of like a college midtown type mm -hmm. vibe. Either way, so when I get up there, being hood, being who I am, I start walking up mob and meet motherfuckers on the streets. I got family on the other side of D.C. I met some niggas that stayed on the other side of uh, Malcolm X Park. So I was a little bit of everywhere. Malcolm X Park. Yeah, which is really fucking rough. Uh, I believe it. It's so, <laughs> Yeah, so <laughs> D.C., D.C. was cool, but again, my mission was New York, so I had left and bounced. 
I made it back through DC. Sylvia was having some issues. That's when I began to stay with them. So th- this is, mind you, the homeboy started fucking her. She's suicidal at moments because she's just giving up. She's tired of shit. Her, she's being sponsored by some French Parisians who own a bed and breakfast. That means she has to kiss their ass, do what the fuck they say, or they report her, deny her visa, and she go back to her country. Cannot send no more money to her sisters and start the fuck over in her country. So she got plenty of problems, but y'all just with her. Oh, I got problems too. We both got problems. We both on the run. I got kids. I'm attempting to make a living on the run, which was very difficult not having an ID. Her being from Bolivia, her being a foreigner, Latino, Hispanic, Spanish, whatever you call it, she knew people to give me a social security number. She knew people to give me an ID. In D.C., which was the first for me to see, they had depots like in the back of Home Depot and Walmart where they actually legally let Mexicans stand who did not have documents in order to go work on certain jobs and white people come in with trucks like i need people to do bricks i need people to do trees i need people to do this and they will pick out who they want mm-hmm. put the uh, undocumented illegals in a in a car and drive off and do some work pay them cash and drop them back Bring the them fuck back. off okay so they're like a rental service. that was the first time i ever seen america participate in illegal business see now, I never had thought that that was the process. I said, well, I ain't never seen them do them from black people who need jobs. American black folks. <laughs> I ain't never seen them do that for American white folks to say, hey, you motherfuckers work on bricks. Meet up at one spot. I'm going to come and get all the people who can do work. I never seen that because I found out that they was cheating these people. They were mm-hmm. taking their work and telling them, oh, I'm granting you so much because the now, side note, this is why they're not going to deport Mexicans. Even if Donald Trump comes, they're not deporting any Mexicans or anybody that's illegal over here in this country. The ones they depend on them too much. Mm-hmm. The ones they are going to deport are the ones that's going to ask for their fair wage. The ones that's going to ask for back. Pay. Oh yeah, it's those who else you got to get. Oh them. y'all got to go. Y'all got to go. Don't ask me for no back pay and don't ask me for no fifteen dollars to cut my yard. <laughs> Right. $15 an hour? Fuck you think you are, white? Get the fuck out of my yard. <laughs> Hell yeah. So, <laughs> right. <laughs> these illegals, I started hanging with them and we started having conversation. That's how I started understanding Sylvia's background. Me and her, as she learned better English, we started relating. At the same time, I started, my international crowd, DC was the first city, I'm, I'm reflecting, first city where I had like several international friends. Mm. Because I made a partner named Sir Juan. He was Lebanese and his parents were killed because they converted to Christianity. Killed in front of them, shot in the face several times in front of him and his sister. (laughs) And they ended up in a mission with some Christian French folks who ended up being the same people who Sylvia was being sponsored by. These same French folks were sponsoring Sylvia. They also had adopted Sir Juan and his sister Julie, who were Lebanese, whose parents were killed for becoming Christians. Now, mind you, these French folks, they sound like real, like, good people, right? You're like, damn, you helping folks out. You bringing these people from other countries. You adopting other children from other countries. When I say they were so fucked up. Christians, that was, again, one of my first understandings of white Christianity I said, they are fucked up. So, Sir Juan them, they come from a, 
a, a society that doesn't practice Christianity. So he had a lot of impractical questions. Mm -hmm. What is Jesus about? What is God? And then not only that, he despised the idea of God because he feels like that's what got his parents killed. Mm -hmm. <sighs> Dealing with me. Now, mind you, I bumped into a lot of atheists before I met him. That's why I say everything for a reason. Me and dude, he had a real conversation about him not believing in God. And like I was telling him, because he even had the idea to give God an entity to say it is, and this is why I dislike this is, I understood that he knew what the principle, the God principle was. He wasn't an atheist to me. He was more of a agnostic. Is that what it agnostic. is? Agnostic. Yeah, agnostic. That's not caring. Or what is agnostic? The existence of God, but not really. Yeah, yeah right. he was one of them. He was one that believed in the idea of God, but just didn't have faith in a religion. Okay, yeah. A person that believes that nothing is known or can be known of the existence or nature of God or anything beyond material phenomena. Yeah, he was one of them. He doesn't believe nor disbelieve in God, basically. Well, he was angry at God, so he knew of the principle of God. Mm -hmm. So that's why I wouldn't say he's an atheist. Where atheist is somebody who believes there is no such thing as God, right, no ID. Right. Okay. So me and Sarwan, I was helping him cope with that. And at the same time, I was learning about these French people they were living with. I'm like, hey, they must be some really good people. They're doing all this. They were some really fucked up people. I'm not going to get into the their background. I don't want to go there because there's a lot of shit that they was doing on the low. And basically, their motive was money. At the end of the day, it was money. It wasn't about helping humanity. It was about cash fucking dollars. If it made sense, and when I mean sense, I'm talking about yeah. coins, then, hey, we with it. And, yeah. But Sylvia, she was a special. She's one of my angels in life. I'm glad I met her. I think we helped each other. I believe the things that I went through in life, especially dealing with being a child who been going through fucked up situations helped me reach people who also went through fucked up situations even though she was in a country where she was going through third world situations i was going through emotional and psychological mm -hmm. parallels where i was able to not only reach her other children this has literally been the most depressing episode we've ever had <laughs> <laughs> just let you know yeah. <laughs> Were you ever molested? No, I was never molested. Nobody ever touched you in Boy Scouts? <laughs> no, nobody ever touched Nobody me ever Boy looked Scouts. at you. And why would you assume gym? that somebody would possibly touch me just because I was a Boy Scout? Well, Boy Scouts are somewhat of a homoerotic <sighs> group of individuals. Not at all. Not, not in the least bit. Well, okay. Well, that means you have to say the same thing about wrestling. I think wrestling is definitely homoerotic. You have to say the same thing about... Matter of fact, wrestling <laughs> is such a stupid sport. In school... Well, you're talking about like the real wrestling, like the... What's the fake wrestling? Well, WWE is fake wrestling. That's still a little homoerotic. But yeah, <laughs> the, the wrestling with the slingage and you in the tight spandex... Cat suit? 
That shit is stupid Not for what? Cat suit. I mean, for what? You see how you present the information? I, I didn't know. I call it a sling. I mean, well, you well speedos ain't no better, but you literally are in speedos wrestling with another. Yeah, guy. and you starting out of a position where you embrace one of you all are embracing the other one from the back. That's the starting position, and then the rules. It ain't like you gotta slam this motherfucker and pin them down. It's like they have these awkward ass positions they want you to put people in. It's weird. That is a weird ass sport. Too. <laughs> You got any boom bottles this week? No, nah, no real boom bottle. But I want to give a shout out to the first lady for having her fifty second birthday and looking like she turned she's fifty two years old. Looking like she's thirty six. Michelle Obama. Yeah, I yeah. didn't know she was fifty two. I, you know, I never really even thought about it. That's a beautiful woman. When I started fucking kindergarten, I remember asking my teacher. You're fucking in kindergarten? No, when I started, you know, because I never know with you. You so. know, yeah. I have to clarify. Right. When I started kindergarten, my uh, kindergarten teacher, Miss uh, Schoenberger, that's a fucking name. But Miss Schoenberger, she was 52 years old. And she looked like she was 92, thinking back. But look at Michelle. <laughs> Bar- I remember 52 being so old. I remember 52 being old as fuck. And you look at Michelle Obama, yeah. you think she was like in her 40s. Man. Like early 40s. Yeah, early 40s, late 30s. For Which real. is still a compliment because that age category is looking younger and younger every day, too. Yeah, for black folks. Like, Gabrielle Union is about 45-ish. Yeah. J-Lo about 47-ish. J-Lo ain't black. She she got some melanin. She looking, she looking good. I was looking at older black men to see if I could age like them. Like, Will Smith, I could tell he's getting older, but it's it's purely just the gray hair. When the gray hair shows, I can see his age. But when it's black, he kind of look about late 30s, early 40s. I be worried about that, too. I don't know how I'm going to turn out. Me either. I'm going to just keep trying to eat healthy, though. Yeah. I ain't trying to look like somebody's deacon. I, I was thinking, who look old and bad as a black man? But a lot of us look decent. Like, even Chris Rock, old as fuck, but he hanging in there. Chris Rock got a big good 63. <laughs> but he, he still look like Pookie. Not a damn, yeah, yeah, he not still a damn Chris one. Rock hanging in there. And, you know, he didn't necessarily age well. He's just a black man. Right. Shit. Well, you got anything else for the people? I'm good. All right, soundcloud.com slash The Abstract Originals with dashes. You can hit us up on iTunes at The Abstract Originals. Our email is theabstractoriginals at gmail.com. Hit us up on Twitter. You can find me at BiggerDa, B-I-G-G-E-R-D-A. Nubian Beach Bum. And you can find the podcast Twitter at underscore A-B Originals. Thanks for listening. And as always, get your toy away, folks, and take that shit to trial, bitch.